Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. I'm Bailey. I'm Andy. And I'm Ant. And this is the Corner 3 Podcast where we talk about basketball. What are we going to talk about this week, Andy? Uh, this week we are talking about our seeding for the Western Conference 1 through 10. Uh, we're looking ahead to the playoffs. Uh, we're in the second half of the season looking forward to our way too early predictions of who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to make seeding games, where we think everyone's going to land. And then a little later in the episode, we're going to talk about what's the problem with the Boston Celtics. Yes, our way too early, but kind of sort of not early because we're halfway through the season already. But yeah, <laughs> still early enough, right? Almost early. It's early enough. Oh, yeah. All right. So I guess we can just go through uh what each of our picks are at each uh each spot we're gonna go one through ten since we've got seven through ten being the play-in tournament we can talk about that a little bit um so number one seed who do you got why don't you start us off ant let me let me think number one seed for the eastern we're going western conference only this week just oh, we're going, this oh week. that's right that's right next excuse week we'll, we'll look at eastern excuse me everyone no i'm thinking um i'm gonna still stick with the jazz i think the jazz have it locked for the first seed, I don't. I think that's just it's it's theirs to lose right now. Um, I can't see the Suns making a huge jump. LA Clippers could give them a, give them a problem, but um, I think the Jazz, if they keep playing the way they're playing, they're gonna continue. I'm gonna have to agree. I think the Jazz are on a roll. Um, they're looking good. I will say this. I think that. I, here's my opinion on the Jazz. I think the Jazz will be the best regular season team in the West this year. However, I do not think that will translate far to playoff success like we've seen in years past with different teams. Toronto's looked great in the regular season, falling apart in the playoffs because uh, they had to face LeBron. And Atlanta's done that before, had a great regular season, lost in the playoffs. Uh, my prediction for the Jazz, I think I they will have it. Can I point oh, out ahead. that Milwaukee last year, and then they lost Milwaukee. in the second round of the Heat? Say, just hey, wanted to remind gotta, everybody hey, of that real quick. Everyone, let's just remind. I mean, let's just be reminded that that's his favorite team. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> I think Excuse they're me. all well aware at this point. <laughs> okay, I'm about to say. If we're, if we're playing that card, I would just like to mention that while we were recording tonight at nine twenty-one. Okay, yeah, we don't got to go. Over. Eastern okay. Conference time, the oh number one seeded Jazz have just lost to the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. Moving on from Andy. I lied. So, <laughs> no, Bailey, what do you got? I also got Utah. Surprise pick, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they're just so far ahead right now of the game. I don't see them really slipping up a whole lot here, but I think it's going to get a lot tougher for them in the playoffs. I think they're a good second round team maybe they really make a push to the conference finals but i don't know if they can uh last with the clippers nuggets and lakers of the world you know i agree but it'll be interesting to watch number two who y'all got well you know i think the clippers are going to make a move on phoenix um so i'm gonna i'm gonna i think truthfully this may be a wild one but i think clippers that go to I see the Suns drop into three, maybe four, but I think the Clippers can get two. Interesting. We're going in opposite directions of where I think the Clippers are going. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we'll get to where I have the Clippers later because I still got Phoenix staying at two. 
for basically the same reason as as the Jazz. They're just in a good rhythm right now, and uh, I don't see they're not going to make a push against the Jazz for one. But I don't know if I see anybody else catching up at this point. I also have Phoenix. Uh, I think they're like you said, they're a good rhythm. Uh, they look good uh, with the OKC last year. I learned not to bet against Chris Paul, <laughs> um, and I think he's really done a lot for the team, which is. Super awesome. They like they've really gelled with him coming into the team. The question is though, for, for if we're picking the Suns to stay at number two, mm-hmm. where did you have the Suns <laughs> prior before to the season? Yeah, before the season. <laughs> totally had him at number two. What are you talking about? <laughs> Definitely predicted this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, no, they were definitely riding that uh, eight or nine seed, in my opinion. But you're, I think, I think you're right. Chris Paul is the one that's really made him change the corner this year, um, and makes them. I mean, if Phoenix just looks like they're actually having fun. They went from a team where you saw Devin Booker, and you were like, "Why is this guy still here? He needs brighter horizons. Like this isn't going well." And so, yeah, I'm happy they finally got a team around him, and they're looking like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. All right. So, what do you guys think about the third seed? I have. The Denver Nuggets pushing okay. for the three seed. I like okay. them. I like, I talked about last week. I like the move that they made with Aaron Gordon. I think they got a lot, maybe not a lot better, but they got better defensively. And uh, they're just on a roll right now. So um, talk about a fun team uh, to watch. Uh, I like, there's very few things I see going wrong in Denver right now. So I think they make a push. Uh, for that number four seed, to, or that number three seed, sorry. They're in fourth right now behind the Clippers, so I think they move up to three. I like that. And this is where I feel like we're going to start differing, <laughs> is really these these three through ten, but go ahead, Andy. Uh, I think you stole my notes. I, I had the <clears throat> I had the Nuggets really? at, at three as well. Wow. Yeah, I think they're going to overtake the Clippers. I like the – I think that they might even be a little biased. I like the Nuggets as a team more than the Clippers. I think they're a little more exciting to watch. I think it's a better, like, cohesive unit, too. Mm. I like Jokic a lot. I think he's a really good player. I think they've gotten significantly better. I think they're really close in the standings right now, and their seasons have been very close. Um, But I think that the Nuggets getting Aaron Gordon pushes them further ahead than the Clippers getting Rondo and losing Lou Williams. So I think that's – I think they're really close, but I think because of that acquisition, because of getting that defense, which is something they were looking for, it's something that's going to push them uh, a little bit ahead into a top three seed. I have the Suns at three. I had the Clippers switching. Only reason, by the way, I wanted to say this. The reason I had the Clippers in, uh, I'm guessing that the Clippers Clippers would probably be a two seed. So I think I've seen what Rondo has done for teams before, especially mm-hmm. in teams like this. And I right now the Clippers don't need Lou as much as they need Rondo. Lou on paper is a great scorer. And he's going to get you a lot of buckets. But that's not what the Clippers, to me, are looking for. I think what they need is a good passing guard who's a leader on and off the floor, who's a defender, who can help your defensive style of basketball that you're trying to have. And I feel like that helps. And I feel like that, it, within time, will help the, them to get more wins. So I, I don't. I think with Rondo... It's going to be a, a little bit different of an identity that the Clippers have. It's a little rough start, but I believe that they can push. And that's the reason I was like, ah, I, I believe. I have 
yeah, so at the third seed, I still, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the Suns, but that's just a guess. I, I know the Clippers going to be in this territory anyway, so three, two, or four. So, but that's just kind of where where I have the Clippers and the Suns at, at three. But obviously, the Suns are playing great, playing amazing basketball. I just don't, I don't know at this, at, you know, towards the end of the season, how much it's going to hold up because it's only four games. So we'll just mm-hmm. see. Yeah, no, I don't uh, disagree with you at all. I think Rondo really helps the Clippers out going into the second half of the season, making a playoff run. Um, and we can talk, we'll talk about a little bit later, their newest signing, uh, at least a 10-day contract of DeMarcus Cousins, if he ends up having any sort of impact on them or not. Yeah, I, I think the Clippers definitely have potential. They could go up. And I'd like to point out these these three through six seeds are are close. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, uh, they're – uh, behind the Utah Jazz, the three through current three through six seeds are six to eight games behind. So they're all super close uh, within each other. Those uh, those seeds are going to be changing up quite a bit, I imagine, over the next few weeks. Um, moving on to number four, then. Why don't you keep going, uh, Ant? Who you got at number four? Oh, uh, well, I think it's I think it's the Nuggets. I, I feel like. Rather, however you want to place the top four seats current people on um, the top four seats currently, they're going to be there in my mind. Um, you can put the nugget. You could put the nuggets at two, and I wouldn't be mad at you. Uh, but they're going to be there. I don't see anyone that's going to overtake. I think they have that one. Those kind of locked. So I think it's the nuggets. I have the nuggets at four personally, but yeah. I'd just like to say real quick that I'm proud of Ant for not putting the Lakers in the top four. That, like, bravo to you. That's, <laughs> oh, you're about, to, you're about to be really surprised. You're about to be really surprised. <laughs> All right. I look forward to that. Who you got, Andy? Uh, number four, I have someone jumping up a couple spots and leapfrogging the precious Clippers. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, I think, will finish Dude, we the stole season. each other's uh, notes. What is going on right now? <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. Um I'm going to say it first. I knew I should have said it first. I knew you were going to say the thing. Y'all yeah, really right. hate the Clippers, by the way. I just want to You know what? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Clippers uh, fans. Good to that. <laughs> Sorry, Clippers fans. Yeah, no, um, Trailblazers, they've been playing phenomenally. First of all, I'll say the season so far, the first half of the season is a testament to how good Damian Lillard is. Mm. How good, like yeah. that man is bad. They keep them in playoff. If, if you didn't know already, but yes. Yeah, if, if everyone didn't know, which I mean, <laughs> but in the West, in the West, for, for someone to, to single-handedly will a team to, to not just the seventh or eighth seed, but, but keeping them up around the four to six ranges is a lot more impressive than in years past. Now, that being said, you have CJ McCollum returning and Norman Powell as well. Um, it's so close with those seeds, and I think those two – returning an acquisition and a returning player is a bigger move than any other team made at the deadline this year. Um, and I think it's one that just vaults them into just an offensive powerhouse. And if they're clicking, if they can gel when the players all get back and they play well together, you know, the sky's the limit, even in the playoffs, but fourth seed is where I think I'm seeing Landon. Yeah. Same here. Just cause it's, it's so close right now. Um, so I, it's not that um, 
I I think the Clippers are a bad team or are going to tank in the second half of the season, but it's just who I have more faith in, who I'm more excited by right now. And and to me, that's that's Portland for all the reasons that you just explained as well. Um, those three guys, that's a scary lineup to me. I mean, you already had arguably the scariest backcourt um, with with McCollum and Dame. I said arguably. I see your I see your look <laughs> over there. <laughs> I said arguably. 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 Yeah. Um, but now at Norman Powell, I think it's uh, uh, definitely gives them another leg up. So I'm excited to see what happens over there. Yeah. Now I'm kind of scared that our list is going to be almost exactly right. The same. That's what I'm thinking because yeah. I feel like for number five we that's probably became have best friends because now at some know. point we have to n- mention the Clippers. So <laughs> yeah, and and you have to at this point if you have yeah. it, the Clippers aren't going to slip past the top. No, five, right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got was, the Clippers. I just want the five. audience to recognize how out of place I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to agree so bad with these two guys, but you know, no, it's good because if we all had the same, same list, list, what's the know? point of this? I hope that's we, I hope we that start, would be weird. That I hope would we start weird. differing up because I, yeah, we did not even talk about this before the show. Nothing. This is the first time we're all hearing each other's uh, rankings, but yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. Um, so yeah, Clippers, they're still a top five team in the West. They're not a bad team, and they're not gonna. I don't expect them to. Well, I think they're gonna drop a couple uh places i'm not saying that they're uh gonna be terrible the second half of the season by any means and i'll take it andy that you think the same thing 100 percent. i think the clippers are see they're not gonna drop i will say this though because you know just to, to not to harp on the same points we were making yes these top five teams are very good teams yes you know the clippers are a good team i'm not as high on them as everyone else is but they are a good team i think each one of these top five teams that we've mentioned uh, could any other year, like you kind of mentioned toward uh, two beforehand, could have been a top seed, like could have won won the West. Like you're looking at a lineup of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, good solid bench players, Rajon Rondo. Like it's just, it's just a testament to how tough the West is, I think, this year. Like they could be a top seed any other year. They could be a top seed in the East. Um, exactly. But yeah, these one through five is killer. Who do you got for five, Ant? The Portland Trailblazers at five, yeah. But, like, that's uh, – I think they're a top five team. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. who it is, especially since now the injury of the Lakers, the Lakers kind of put them at a disadvantage. Uh, yeah, I have the Trailblazers at, at five. Definitely top five. Very nice. I, six through ten, so we're getting we're getting closer towards six is the, is the last seed that you have locked in for a playoff spot. Yep. Um, which is kind of like the eighth seed in years past because you're, you know, you really don't want to go play the whole regular season and then have to play a couple of games to to lock that in. So, so who do you guys have for six? Six is kind of the spot that you got like five or six teams gunning for. So I have the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I have the Dallas Mavericks for six. They're healthy. I mean, considering to win games, they're healthy enough to win games. So. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think they're at number at number six. Depends on how the Lakers really react with uh, Drummond. They could become a team that could win a few, you know, win a few games. Kind of like when he was with the Cavs, win enough games to get by, especially with the placing that they had because of uh, LeBron. But um, but yeah, I feel like um, it definitely would be 
um, the Dallas Mavericks for me. Very interesting. I have a feeling this is where me and Andy part ways. On this our... is where we part ways. <laughs> uh, I do have the Dallas Mavericks as well as the sixth seed. Uh, I think, I think with Anthony, he made a really good point. It's relative to the Lakers, right? So yep. if the late, if if Anthony Davis and LeBron James came back tomorrow and Jovan was playing, then obviously the Lakers are a better team than the Dallas Mavericks. Right. Um, so that would push them down. Uh, but I think with health as quickly as the Lakers have dropped because they're missing their best players. I mean, obviously, um, I think Dallas has a chance to try to sneak and steal that sixth seed. Um, I think there's just, there is a drop off there. I'm not going to say the Mavericks deserve to be a top five team because they don't. Uh, they're young. They're working towards that. I think they will be that soon. Uh, but right now, I think six is a very comfortable spot. They deserve to be in the playoffs and not in the play-in. Um, and I think that's where they'll end up. All right. Number six. Wow. I didn't realize I would be the one that had the Lakers highest mm -hmm. on, on the list. <laughs> uh, and, and I just say that I've, so I've got the Lakers there just because I don't, while I think, uh, I don't, I don't really know the severity of LeBron's injury right now. I don't think that AD is coming back anytime soon. Uh, maybe he comes back just before the playoffs or in right in time for the playoffs, but um, so with that said about LeBron's injury, I just feel they're going to take the, as much time as they can with him because he's getting a well-needed rest. I mean, playing that deep into the playoffs, winning a championship, and then just a, a handful of weeks later having to start up for another season, that man needs a break. So I think it's well-deserved. But if they start start dropping into that 7-8 seed, having to do, a like you said, that extra couple, that extra game or two for – playing tournaments, trying to fight for your playoff seed uh, and your right to the playoffs. I I don't see that sitting well with LeBron or the Lakers as a whole. And I could see if that were to to be the case, if they start dropping into that seventh seed, I could see LeBron coming back fairly quickly and powering them up to that uh, sixth seed. I was going to say, how important as a Lakers fan, and is is it for you guys to get the sixth seed? Do you think is the, as an organization that they're – that they care whether they get the sixth or the seventh, that the playoff tournament scares them at all? See, it used to, and it depended, right? Because truthfully, the team last year, we did not want to play. Thank goodness we kind of butchered them at, towards the end of the of uh, the series was the Trailblazers. They were the hot team. We didn't want to, like, the Lakers, is, the Lakers don't want to play the Trailblazers. Coming off of watching, I mean, we all saw what Dame did during these plans. Like, he was just an unstoppable force. So, seedings matter. You know, they can tire you out. But the thing about the Lakers is a fully, a fully healthy Lakers can beat the Jazz. They can beat the Jazz. And that's the, that's, that's the best we got here. So, because the Lakers improved. Truthfully, it, uh, a fully healthy, health, healthy Lakers team is a team that you do not want to play at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like right now it's seating doesn't matter as much as health because the teams now are, although good, they just don't have the firepower that the Lakers have healthy, but that makes a huge difference to me. I think mm -hmm. because I think the Lakers just, they with Drummond, Drummond makes a difference. You know, I think, when it's when it's LeBron and AD, every every team is tough for LeBron and AD to beat. But 
with Drummond, I think it adds a, an advantage to the Lakers that, you know, that they just never had. So I just, you know, I don't think seeding matters as much as much as it did last year uh, for the Lakers. I think it's just more health now, you know. I'll say this with the seeding this year, you're not going to, uh, as we kind of listened before, you're not going to want to play any of the top four seeds. <laughs> like you're, you could be, you could be the fifth seed. You could be the eighth seed. You're going to play a very good basketball team and they're going to give you yeah. a run for their money. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. Exactly. All so right. Seven. We, we get seven into those done. playing seeds. Yeah. yeah. What do you got for seven? Only truthfully, Guys, um, it's just gonna surprise you only because of how the drop off in the West is. It's the only reason to have the Lakers at seven. Okay. If if it was if there was one other team, just one other team that I saw that was really skilled enough to win all these games, I would put them at the seven spot. But I just think that's where the drop off. I think from seven downward is where the drop off kind of starts. So I feel like for the for the the Lakers can get the seven seed. Um, I think so. And truthfully, I think also I think the Lakers have some juice in them too. I think with if Drummond comes back strong, I think he's going to make a difference, and I think that's going to allow the Lakers to win enough games to stay afloat. But and not for LeBron to have to just rush back. But right now. I have them at seven going off of what I see currently. I think I have them at a, a solid seven seat. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to agree with the seven seat on that. Um, that's where I had them as well. I, I agree with Ant. You're kind of looking through the list of the standings and you're looking at all these great teams. The number eight, the eighth seed right now, which is actually surprising right now, is the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, they don't look much like Grizzlies this year, maybe more like Teddy Bears. Uh, <laughs> compared to the Lakers, so yeah, Lakers don't drop further than than seven, even with a depleted roster. Yeah, I've got uh, Dallas because same thing that drop off. Dallas is either going to be seven or six, and they've been playing some good basketball lately. I don't know how much that uh, uh, Porzingis injury will hurt them in the long term before the playoffs, but that's the only thing that I could see throwing somewhat of a wrench in their plans, but not enough to put them. Uh, down below Memphis, so he's got to stay healthy. This mm-hmm. is the interesting part to me, guys. I'm very curious. The eight, nine, and ten seats is what I really mm-hmm. was curious about because you know, honestly, you can one through five, one through four, I, either to, all of them to me make sense <laughs> because they're all great teams. But eight to ten getting to the playoffs that's what i really want to know like how do you guys feel about that what do you have for the eighth seed i have who i think is gonna make a run up the standings a little bit the warriors i think the warriors uh start to click figure things out i know they haven't looked that great in their last 10 games but i just kind of have faith in their championship pedigree their mindset that they're gonna find a way to get it to work I just kind of ha- trust them a little more than I do uh, the teams that are ahead of them right now. So I think the Warriors make a push for that eight seed. That, okay. Trust. You just pin trust in Curry. 
I understand that. Hey, I trust him in 2K and it hasn't done me wrong yet. <laughs> Except when you play me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What about you, Andy? Truthfully, I think the I think the Spurs. I think the Spurs haven't dropped off too much. Interesting. I uh yeah, I think they have some interesting young players. I think they're well coached still. I think they're yeah, I, I I was surprised they were doing as good as they were. They they obviously bought out Aldridge, which was a, a good help, but I think they they thought a good thought a lot of their young guys in order to buy him out so that to get the minutes for them. He wasn't playing many minutes before. I think solid young guys. They still have DeRozan. DeRozan's been playing pretty good this year. Um, I think they have a little more desire to win than the Warriors. I don't think they're more talented, but I think the organization has a little more desire to win this year. Whereas the Warriors are kind of playing it for 2022. Um, so I think Spurs take the eighth seed. I agree. I think uh, I'm taking this half uh, of agreeing with Andy uh, Bailey. I think we've just been agreeing all the way, all the <laughs> way down. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. I think the Spurs, uh, I'm going to take the eighth seed. They're just, it's just they, they have a factor to me that's going to just it's kind of screams eight C right now. The Memphis Grizzlies right now just don't feel like eight C. They like they, they just have it now, but it just doesn't. I'm not believing it yet. So I, I think that the Spurs. I think it, for the Warriors, four games is already a tough climb. A bunch of young people. Um, they're in the West. The teams they play are tough. So. I just can't see them pulling out enough wins to down two teams. Um, I just see from where they are right now, from because because of Curry's injury, just put them in a bad spot to me. So I feel like I feel like for me, it's the Spurs at eight. Mm. Yeah, very very interesting. Nine. Well, I've I've got the Grizzlies at nine. You have the, you have the Grizzlies at nine. I do. Okay. So, yeah, this is going to be a real interesting 9 and 10 here. Um, so, yeah, I've got the the Grizzlies at 9. I just, I mean, they, they are 6 and 4 in their last 10. I haven't seen any, like, too much that makes me uh, afraid to pick them or that makes me think, oh, this, this ship is going going down. Something's not good here. So I just think they're that kind of consistent going to be right, hovering right around 500 team. And I think they, they sneak in there at number eight. So that's your ninth. You said nine, right? It's yep. Nine. Sorry. Nine. nine. Okay. I can count. <laughs> it's it's nine. confusing count. when you're looking at the standings. <laughs> yeah. When you look, when you're looking oh, at the stand, the current standings and then my projected list. <laughs> so yes, Grizzlies are my number nine seed pick. Number nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, same here. I have uh, the, Actually, you know what? I have the 1336 Houston Rockets. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just... <laughs> Timberwolf, baby. John Wall's going to play out of his mind. Uh, he's going to play out of his mind. It's gonna, they're going to go completely undefeated. No, I'm kidding. I think um, I have the Grizzlies as well uh, at number nine. So I think the, the Grizzlies, I, I don't think they're out for the count. But, yeah, I have them at number nine. Right. I have the Warriors just as far as like a respectability thing. I think like, I think they will like 
I don't know. It's it's very hard. <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking. It would be heartbreaking as like I'm not a Curry fan, like a like a huge Curry fan, but to bet against someone like that who's been on top of the world the past few years, like to be like, yeah, I don't think he can even get the ninth seed this year. Whether they're trying, I don't know. Whether they'll get it, I don't know. Are they making my ninth seed? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> well, uh, to your point of uh, where the organization is going and what they are playing for this year, I just don't see that. I see it uh, similar to what we've talked about with the Hawks, uh, that they're pushing for Trey Young because he's tired of losing. I, I, I could see as an organization it benefiting the Warriors to – drop down a few seeds and try to uh, get a good chances for a high lottery pick. But I just don't see Steph Curry being healthy and being happy with that and saying, yep, you know what? I'm fine with us purposefully not playing to our best because uh, he's just, he's a competitor. He's used to winning and, and that's what he wants to do. I don't think he'd, he'd be happy for too long uh, losing. So. Yeah, okay. I see that. I, I just don't think it's their choice to make in this situation. <laughs> I think it's not that the Warriors are just going to start playing bad. I think it's just that the Grizzlies and the Spurs are playing good. And that's just, that's just kind of what I – that's kind of how I view it. I think that it's not – it's just the fact that the Warriors – I think the Warriors want to be in the playoff con- contention. And with I'm say that even with Curry being there all year, they will be a seventh seed. I just think that right now, because of the the injury that Curry had and a very pivotal change for the Warriors, mm-hmm. it's it's going to put them to me. I'm just going to say that it's going to put them as a 10 10 seed to me. So that's just kind of how I feel. I think, on, and that's just that being said, I feel like it's, that's the only reason. I think Curry is amazing. I just don't see. I think I look at the Grizzlies and I I see that as, as they're not doing well but as well as you know other teams but there's there's hunger there like they got kicked out last year there's definitely a hunger there uh with the spurs as well like they they want to be in these playoff contentions and i don't see the warriors they're they're young and not as to me prepared as the memphis grizzlies or the the spurs to me even with current and that's just kind of how i feel i don't but maybe that's just my take Here's my take on it. I'll say this. And I, I agree with you. I, I do like, you know, you have to look at how the team's actually playing, not the roster. Um, and I 100% agree with you on that. I will say my biggest take is that the loser of the whole seeding game is the person that made it to all the way up to the 10th or the seventh seed, seventh or eighth seed. Oh, yeah. And then you have to play the oh, Warriors man. in a play <laughs> game. <laughs> like, you got to be pretty heated. You make it to the seventh or eighth seed. Your play-in game, you know, especially if it comes down to the wire, you're like, oh, sweet. Tenth seed is the Memphis Grizzlies. And last game overtaken by Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and, <laughs> you know, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Andrew yeah. I agree. So yeah, if they make exactly. their play-in, whoever plays them, I think, to some degree, is 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 getting screwed over. So maybe they'll win it, maybe they'll this lose it. True. That kind of sucks. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. So we heard Perry's number 10 in that. Then, Andy, who do you got? You know, um, this was a tough one for me because there's a couple teams that I'd like to I'd like to, to see. Um, I will say this. The team that I think could very well be in the top 10 will not do it. They're not my pick. 
But mm. I think that the Thunder had the team to do it. Mm. I think the Thunder were good. I liked Shy. Uh, I liked George Hill and these these different players that are doing it. However, uh, as they should, their management will not allow them to get a higher seed than the thirteenth seed. Yep. They have about. 49 draft picks in the next year. I don't know how many exactly. <laughs> I think they're taking all the players. You know. <laughs> um, they should not be trying to make the playoffs. Uh, however, with the roster, the way it was playing earlier in the year, I think they could have been the 10th seed. Definitely a potential, yeah. They're not it. Uh, I wanted to say Kings because I like the Kings. I think they're, they will be a good team in the future. I think they have good pieces. But I am going to lock in on... The Pelicans. I think the Pelicans. Wow. So you have uh, the, the Grizzlies dropping out completely. I do. All right. Interesting. Let's wow. The disrespect to Memphis. Well, so yeah. that's my kind of wild uh, hot take, I guess, is I actually have the Spurs as the ones dropping completely out of the playoff contention. And I've got the Pelicans up there at number 10. Oh, okay. But I, it's it's fitting that we end on the same pick, isn't yes. it, Bailey? Yep, this is true. <laughs> wow, just different, just different teams dropping down. Exactly. Right. Pelicans. I, I mean, I think the way the Pelicans are constructed, I think that they should be better than they are. Right? Yes. I don't know. Very much so. You got a doubt. You've got one of the best passing point guards in the league, and that's just at as his his passing ability. And he's shooting vision. now too. His shooting has gone very well. You've got Brandon Ingram and you've got Zion Williamson. Like just that in and of itself, and a a solid starting center in Stephen Adams. Like you just say that they should be in the run, like easily in playoff contention. In my opinion, Eric even in the West. Scrub. And Eric Bledsoe, yeah, it's just Josh Hart. Yeah. See. We just keep yeah. naming names, and it's to me, it's sad that they're yeah, that low right now. It is sad. Yeah, being be that as it may, if I'm the seventh seed, I take the Pelicans over the Warriors seven days day. a week, twice <laughs> on Sunday. Yes, <laughs> this is fact. Um, yeah, I mean, and then after, I mean, to be honest with you, after the tenth seed, honestly, just looking at how. The Minnesota. I'm, I, this is just a side note. The Minnesota Timberwolves are doing worse than the Houston Rockets. It's bad, which is to me. crazy to say. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's honestly, it's just concerning. I, I feel bad for anyone who's from Minnesota. It's just like they should, they should grow a little bit. We should see some <laughs> growth, <laughs> right? Like, yep. Houston's oh, new to this. Every team to me in front of the Timberwolves. Um, when it comes to, but below the below the tenth seed, you know, there, there you can see improvements. But Timberwolves, there's no improvement, and not even that. Nope. It's not like this a brand new situation. This this had, this team has been at it for years. <laughs> Something has to happen, Mike. Yeah, it's crazy. It's getting sad to watch. You might want to be like stop being a Timberwolves fan if you're if you live in Minnesota. You might consider it. Because you know, years and years past, when your team tanks, it's a natural basketball thing. You have false hope in players that aren't good, but deep down you know our players are terrible and we're just building through the draft. But yep. you look at this year and you're coming in 
Anthony Edwards, the number one overall draft pick, uh, <laughs> Carl Anthony Downs, D'Angelo Russell. You're looking at the roster and you're like, what, like six seed? Six, seven, seven. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> no, we can make a solid push, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> no, nope, we're gonna be worse than the team that traded away James Harden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so worse than the yeah. team that got sixty yeah, draft rough. picks this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's purposefully selling its players for draft picks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rather <laughs> sad. Trying to get. Hey guys, I know we talked about it earlier. What do you, what do we think about this uh this ten day contract? Oh yes, the Clippers. How will ten yeah. day contract for Demarcus Cousins? Can I just start off by saying, I'm kind of surprised that it took Demarcus Cousins this long to get signed, and that he they're only signing him to a ten day contract, which generally means we don't really have much faith in you. We're gonna try <laughs> this out. If it goes well, great. But if not, no no hard feelings. Like. So I'm I'm very surprised. Um, I mean, I know he didn't play a ton of minutes down in Houston, but he had a couple games where he started for uh, Christian Wood, and he played well. Like, the fact that he is taking this long to get signed, I, I thought it was just so that he could find the right role for himself. He was trying to go to the right team. But clearly there's teams that don't want to sign him because he's having to sign a 10-day contract. Um, so uh, the fact that, he seemed to still have some decent uh, basketball in him left, and he's only 30 years old. Yet the fact that LaMarcus Aldridge got signed like that, that baffles me. That yeah. that DeMarcus Cousins has to fight for his place on an NBA roster, but LaMarcus Aldridge is chilling in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, it's to me, it, it's amazing as well. I think DeMarcus has ne- like truthfully the more i think about it he's never had a chance to really show what he can do on a game level he's just been run off uh and i feel like we've seen this before recently in carmelo we all knew he had basketball in him um it just took the a team to believe in him like <laughs> that's just that's exactly what it took i know there's there is not there's not that many centers that can outplay demarcus cousins Nope. There's not that many. There's, you know, there's a a handful of all stars that can outbeat him, of course. But there's, he's definitely better than just your average role player center. Mm -hmm. And talk about modern NBA that you want a stretch five who can shoot the ball and do just about anything. That's what Marcus Cousins does. That's what he's always done. Exactly. So I feel like he's definitely, he just needs to be in a situation where a team believes in him. And quite frankly, I don't think it's the Clippers. Um, the Clippers have a lot going on for them. There's an, it's the offense in which DeMarcus would be in would be a tough offense. Now, hopefully it works out, but that's that's just not it, – it, it is that to me it doesn't scream DeMarcus Cousins staying with the Clippers. But we can, you know, we can see. I, I do believe that he has basketball in him, but it's going to be – it's going to take a team that really believes in him, and that's – one. You know what's the biggest shock for me from this scenario for for Demarcus is not signing with the Nets. I mean, it sounds right up their alley. Like that's their type, huh? <laughs> I think he was an All Star at one point, and he's and he's definitely lost most of his athleticism and, and quite a bunch of his talent. and And I just think that the Brooklyn Nets were going to be a match made in heaven. But no, no one else. <laughs> in all seriousness, apparently, there's um, people that even they won't sign somehow. <laughs> 
I think that you 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 sign him, and I I don't know why teams haven't signed him because you don't sign him as a starting center. Like in Houston, like he was getting decent minutes, or he yeah when he started, it's like yeah like that's not really his role. He shouldn't be running up and down the court. His role is you put him in for 10, 12 minutes a game and you put him against the bench big, you throw it to him in the paint, you run absolutely everything through him for the five to six minutes that he's on the court. And you just let him just bump and bully his way into the post, stretch the floor a little bit and just come in and, and take advantage of a, a young center on the other team. I think, it, I think every team can use that. So I'm surprised that he hasn't been signed, but I hope, I hope he stays for the playoffs with the Clippers. I think that would, that would give them a good edge. How well do you think he, or, he fits? I think, Ant, you kind of mentioned you don't see it super well in his offense. What do you think, Andy? I, I, I do have a, a strong ability, uh, a strong thought that when a player has good talent and he's not asked to do too much, he's always going to find some sort of role as long as they try to find it for him. I don't know how, how great he fits with it, but I think as a player, as, as, ta- as naturally talented as DeMarcus Peasants, if you give him small minutes off the bench and you don't ask him to, to really coexist with a player that's playing the same position as him, then he's going to do well. I think he needs to score. I don't think he's same athletic defender, but I think if, if you're asking him to score and play against opposing bigs that are on the bench, then I think he can fit well. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, for me, I think these situations create a lot of humility for players. Mm. They just want to play. They want to play basketball. So it's, it, it becomes less about, I need a starting position. I need this much money. And more, it becomes more of like, look, I just want a chance to show what I can do. Give me 10 minutes, yeah. like you said, and let me show it. So sure. in essence, you know, what that kind of creates is kind of a dog mentality of like, I'm going to do whatever you need to win this game, you know. And I do believe that, you know, with that mentality, that can get him far on any team. Like, you know, I do believe so. I do. I could see if he, if he plays, you know, excellent, he fits the offense of the Clippers. They could keep him for the playoffs. Um, I just I, the the mobility that the Clippers seem to have with their bigs, um, the way that they're able to to kind of defend a lot a lot more positions than just one. I can't see the Marcus really fitting that role. And it just seems kind of like that's what they're going for. And mm-hmm. if I was the Clippers, it's kind of what I would go for. They, they're not really asking a lot of their big scoring-wise. They're really just wanting them to lock down whoever it is. Yeah. And that just hasn't seemed to fit the mode that the Clippers have been going for. So that's that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah, and it's clear that they uh, – it's no secret that uh, the Clippers need a second unit big after losing – uh, Montrezl Harrell, and then trying to fill that role with with Ibaka, who's now injured. Um, so I think Cousins can kind of be a, a short term patch, but I think it's you're kind of putting yourself in a tricky position. At least if you're Cousins signing with this team, because I think once Ibaka could come back any time now, it's been out for a couple of weeks, but they've been talking about bringing him back once he's feeling better. Um, that could be at any time. So once he comes back, now that creates a lot of tension, a lot of competition there uh, for two yeah. guys who are going to be fighting for their minutes because, you know, Ibaka is not going to be happy being a, a coach's decision, not playing, and neither will Cousins on it, on a team that 
at this stage in his career where he's trying to have a, a little bit of a, I think, a bounce back in this season, help a team make a playoff push so he can show what he can do to hopefully uh, sign for a year or two with a, another team in this offseason. So I just don't think for him personally I, is a great fit. Um, and I don't know how well he'll fit in this this offensive offense either. Yeah. Not to linger on this subject, quick player comparison. You could have one of these two players right now, DeMarcus Cousins or Marcus Saul. Who do you pick? DeMarcus Cousins. Wow. Depends on the offense you're trying to run. For me, I think that's – and I know that's probably a very bad answer, but it, it just kind of depends on the offense you're trying to run. If you want a facilitating big, DeMarcus Cousins is 100% not your guy. Yeah, to me, when it comes to that, Marcus Saul is one. It's definitely it. If you want a big that can stretch the floor and score, then yeah, you definitely. So to me, it's kind of a tie. They're both, you know, towards the end ending part of their career. So it is kind of what you know. It's kind of a tie to me personally. Yeah, I think just the point of the the question was. Comparable players. One's been signed most of the season, even though he's, <laughs> yeah. he has a good track record. The other one signing a 10 day contract. Um, so it's it just kind of interesting from that, that perspective. Yeah. I think they're pretty comparable. Yeah. Fit, so That's yeah. true. Um, but it's, just, it's the same. To me, it's the same logic of like why certain players who are better go get picked fourth or fifth in the, you know, in the draft versus a player who's not as good as them gets picked first. To me, it's more of just what does the team need? What does this team need? And sometimes for players that are even equally as good, it's just that the, there's not a team right now that views the need what you're offering right now to the game. So it is, you know. That's a good point. Good take. Well, is it time for us to pick apart one of these lovely NBA teams and and uh, figure out what the problem is? What the problem is? What's What's the problem? I think it is that time. The problem that we're going to discuss is with the Boston Celtics. Now, I think most of us expected the Celtics to, you know, after making an Eastern Conference Finals run in the bubble, and although they did lose uh, to Miami in in five, but I think we all expected them to still be a, a top four team in the East. Uh, at least I did. I, I expected them to come back a top four team. And now they are uh, riding the seven seed at uh, f- average 500. So what's the problem down in Boston? What's going on? What happened? Oh, man. What a question. I, I, where do I start? I think for the Celtics, um, I think it's a it's a few things, uh, but I think once again it's this chemistry. I think they just it's as much as chemistry as you think they should have. I think it just does not appear to to translate to winning games. Um, I don't believe one hundred percent in Kemba being your starting point guard. Um, I, truthfully, I think a lot of the the issues that I have for the Celtics kind of start with Kemba. <laughs> So uh, I kind of I kind of believe that with a good because Kemba's worth a lot and Kemba's it really shouldn't be blamed on Kemba because he's such a good player, but I just think it's just not the right fit for him 
at this moment. And it's not the right fit for the team to me. Cause and it, it just, I just feel like if with a good solid role-playing pass for his point guard, they would do better. That's just my take. Interesting. What are your thoughts, Andy? You know, I was thinking about a lot and I was thinking that we have to keep in mind the age of, of their best player. I think this is also Jason Tatum has other players to kind of defer to a little bit players that have been established good players that, that he's looking up to, he's learning from, but it's still kind of their team. Um, what's Jason Tatum, 23 years old. He's a four third, fourth years player. He's still rather young. You know, he's, he's getting there, but um I think that's part of the growing process too. I think last year, I think we saw really good things come in. And I don't think that he was the player that he used to be, but when Gordon Hayward was there, I think Gordon Hayward was kind of, he balanced the team out. Well, you know, he had that a little bit more of a presence. Um, And I think that this whole year, it's been kind of like Jason Tatum is the man. And I think he can be the man, but I think he still has to grow into that. I think that's part of it that there's this veteran point guard that's like, ah, oh, he's he's a really good player and he's been good in the past, but he's not better than me. I'm kind of the man now. This is my team. And I think they're still trying to grow their identity. I love what Boston's doing with, with Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. But I think that I think they're a younger team than we expect, just because they've had these big veteran pieces around them, but when you strip it down. There's still a really young core there. Um, so I think letting them develop a little bit more is, is probably the is if there is a problem, I think that's it. Waiting, waiting until they're developed fully before you add in the extra veterans. I think they're they're trying to win all the time and they're adding these pieces, but your core is not fully developed yet. Um, so I think when we see 26, 27 year old Jason Tatum. And thirty-year-old Jalen Brown, and then you get some pieces. That's going to be it's going to be a good team to watch. Yeah, I agree with all those points. Definitely got to give those guys time. I mean, uh, they're young, but they've been playing great, and they clearly have exciting futures ahead of them. I really like this move for Evan Fournier that they just made. I think he provides them with a perfect uh, number three option. Uh, yeah, third option offensively in a world that you have, like uh, Ant said, a pure uh, pass-first point guard. And I think if they can kind of adjust uh, Kimba's role a little bit, because I think he he is a good point guard and could be a, still a good offensive option for him, but, and, but kind of change his mindset to running the offense, you know, instead of, yeah, just change up his role a little bit and, and make him more of a pass-first point guard. Uh, I think opens up their offense a little bit more and uh, helps out those guys. But at, adding Fournier, I think, uh, takes a lot of the pressure off of of Tatum and uh, Brown as well, giving them uh, another offensive option. So I like that move, and I think it helps them uh, in the playoffs. And if they can continue through next year, I, I think there's a lot of exciting uh, times ahead of Boston. So I don't know if there's necessarily – a problem that we can point to uh, right now and specifically say this is something that they need to fix right now. Unless what are your exactly. thoughts? Exactly. I, I agree with, I agree with both of you. I, and also the reason I say pass first, 
I feel like if it, when when it helps a young player like Tatum grow, mm. when he's a leader, he's no doubt the leader of the uh, of the team. Look at look at Luca, look how fast Luca has grown, and it, we see Tatum as a, a high level athlete. But when the team is running through you, you yeah, leadership role goes to the roof immediately. Mm-hmm. So. That's just kind of how I feel right now. I feel like it, he definitely, with a pass first point guard, could grow even faster than it just being certain years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I think I've pinpointed the problem. What's mm-hmm. the problem? The problem is us and our expectations for what the Boston Celtics <laughs> were going to do. Uh, so we'd like to formally publicly apologize. To, to I still think they could have done we, better. We know he's in the listening audience, so. uh... (laughs) Before we wrap up, I think we should talk about what to look forward to on next week's episode. Uh, We're going to start a new segment next week uh, where we talk about the worst game of the week. Players game, (laughs) that is. The worst players game. Yeah, the worst players game. The worst player performance of the week. Yep. so if you've ever been sitting at home watching an NBA game, watching some chump chuck up threes without a chance of making it, and you just wanted to scream and, and, and yell your frustration to the world and, and talk about how garbage of a player he is, well, we're going to do that for you. We're going to each pick a player's performance in the past week and complain about how garbage it was, and we'll have a, an award for worst, worst game of the week. <laughs> Definitely exciting. And stay tuned for our Eastern Conference projected rankings one through 10 next week as well. So we got some exciting stuff coming your way next week. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. Um, we always have fun doing these. Uh, we're going to talk about it anyways. So might as well do it here. <laughs> and if you'd like to stay up to date with all of our new episodes that come out every Tuesday morning, Go ahead and give us a follow or subscribe on your podcast listening platform of choice. And if you really, really enjoyed it and you uh, like listening to us every week, go ahead and do us a favor by sharing us with a friend. We'd really appreciate that. And until then, we will catch you next time on The Corner 3.